Good Sunday morning, church. I will call upon the Lord, and my life is in you, Lord.
Father, we give you praise and thanks that the table is set before us this day. We thank you for each person who's in your sanctuary this morning. Father, open up the scriptures to our understanding this day. Let us clearly hear what you're speaking to us this day. There's sin in our life that we would confess it before you, Father. And when we leave here this morning, we know without a doubt we've encountered the Holy One, the living Christ. We praise you and we thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Be seated, church. Tomorrow, snuggle blanket tying at 10 o'clock. United Methodist Women at 6 o'clock. Church Council, Tuesday night. And mark your calendars for the 21st of August. Uh, outdoor worship, followed by a church picnic at Carol and Bruce Gildersleeves at 10 o'clock. Any other announcements this morning? You want to read that card that you have? on. So before I read this, I want you to think of the key word prayer. Thank you so much for the blanket, but more for the prayers. The day after Ed gave me the blanket, your prayers kicked in. Some of the pain was gone. The doctor canceled the surgery and told me to keep up the prayers. I know that God answered your prayers, and I am so thankful to all the women of the church. Thank you again and again. And again, Frances Sigmore. That's we had given her a prayer, a snuggle blanket. Um, Ed took it to her. Prayer does work. Snuggle blankets work. So thank you. Thank you. Who has young disciples this morning? Okay, you know, there are rules, right? Because pretty soon, you're going to be starting what? School, exactly. Now, Mr. and Mrs. Hagee, they can tell you there are rules. There's rules for safety. There's rules for eating. But you know who has the best rules in the world? God does. You know what? We can go to our digital Bible or your paper Bible, like if I touch on my books, and right there, the King James Bible, right there. And I can bring up whatever chapter or um, book in the Bible that I want to. And you know what else? With rules, sometimes do we break them? We do. And are there consequences? Yeah. So like if, if we're, we're not following the rules, sometimes it's disappointing, isn't it? But you know, one rule that you can keep in mind, oh yeah, he's way cute going to grandpa, um, is kindness. In the Bible, God talks about kindness, about treating others the way you want to be treated. For example, one word can totally change a person's day. Like if you walk up to your grandma, your mom, your dad, whomever, and tell them how much you love them, do you think that'll brighten their day? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we think about rules. Um, if somebody's breaking a rule, should we scold them? Or should we be kind with how we say it to them? It's better to be kind, right? You get more with honey than vinegar. 
Just like in the church, when pastor said about no food or drinks, no eating food or drinks in the sanctuary, is that important? Yes. So that's like if I give you a treat, is that breaking a rule? No. The only way the rule would be broken is if what? If you eat the treat in here. Are you supposed to eat the treat in here? No. So we don't want to break that rule. We want to be kind to God's house. Just like if you come to my house and the grandkids know. You have to follow the rules. Just like at school, at home, you eat at the table. Not everywhere in the house. Because we don't want any critters. Okay? But always remember, kindness. Be kind. If you're being kind, chances are you're going to be following God's rules of treating others the way you want to be treated. And remember, that's the ultimate rule in the world. Okay? Let us pray. Can you repeat after me? We'll, we'll follow Miss Karen's thing. Dear Jesus, teach us how to be good Christians. To be kind and to follow the rules of God. In your name, we pray. Amen. So now, remember, I like to do the kindness of giving snacks, but remember, can you eat it in the sanctuary? No. Save it for when you get home. Here you go, Ivy. Here. Will, will you take one back to Bo? Will you take one back to brother? Okay. Oh, wait. Hi, Judy. I didn't eat it. <laughs> what are you all getting on me for? Did I take a bite out of it? No. I wanted to see what it smelled like. <laughs> because we know that somebody out there in cyber world is going to be hammering us because of this. Great message. Amanda Burgess is having surgery on Tuesday. If you would keep Amanda in your prayers and continue to pray for little man because he's got an ear infection. My goodness. Who else do we need to pray for? How, give us an update on Cindy, Rob. Hold on a second. legs are sore. I don't know if it's coming from the therapy or what, but she's really tired. She's getting around on that walker pretty good. She goes out to her flowers, out to her garden, you know, but she can't walk without it. She's like, just like this without it. So I'd like you to keep her in prayer, though. Who else do we need to pray for? Joyce Hegner, who used to attend this church when she lived at Brown City, passed away this past Monday. There will be a memorial in this church for Arden and Joyce on Tuesday, October 18th at 1 p.m. I have a joy. Band camp went off pretty much without a hitch, even with all the Michigan weather we had this week. 
and we ended up with only in, essentially just one goose egg and one bee sting. So it's good. Um, I spoke with Carol Faith and Terry Raymond a couple weeks ago, and I hear she's home and doing better. So prayers do work. Thank you. I had the joy and the honor of uh, taking pictures for Charles or Chuck Adams and his new wife bride, Sandra, yesterday, and it was an awesome time, and they're very, very happy. Anyone else before we talk to the Father? Well, I have many joys to celebrate, but um, the biggest joy of all is my niece up north that has been fighting cancer. Uh, was out to Mayo Clinic last week, and they gave her a report of being in remission at this time. Amen. So that's very good news because she's been very, very sick. She has a long ways to go yet and more treatments, but they have said that she's in remission. So good news there. Amen. Mom is starting her treatments tomorrow, and they will be every other day for five days. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week, and Monday, Wednesday the following week. So just keep her in your prayers. Let's talk to the Father this morning again. Lord, they prayed for rain, and the rain came. In Kentucky, they're praying for the rain and the water to subside. Lord, we thank you for the American Red Cross and for UMCOR. There were pictures of people sitting on their roofs because the water was so high. There were lives lost because of the raging water. Thank you for acts of kindness. Thank you for unconditional love. Father, we lift up those names that were mentioned to you this morning. Those who are facing surgery, those who are recovering from surgery. Those who get word that their cancer is in remission. Father, we lift up Ruthie to you as she prepares to have her treatment. We lift up Amanda and Cindy. We lift up Carol. We lift up unspoken requests to you this morning, Father. We lift up Jules and Kevin. and all those who need your touch. As the educators are preparing for students soon, we lift them up to you, Father. Father, I lift up our granddaughter, Mercedes, who will be a first-time teacher soon. Thank you for that blessing, Lord. Thank you for safe travels. Thank you for unconditional love. That you might hear us as we pray this morning, Father. As we pray our Father.
Ushers, if you would gather. Father, thank you for the gift of finances. As the brothers bring the offering, the tithe, and the gifts to your altar, Father, we ask that you bless it and multiply it, that you allow us to continue to be your church. Where you've called us to make disciples of Jesus Christ, that we can transform this world one life at a time. We praise you and we thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Be seated, church. Bo and I have something in common this morning. When he was walking back here, he fell on his face. When I was coming down or coming up the stairs from prayer this morning, I missed a step and I fell on my face. I praise God for his protection because I don't know if Rob could have preached this morning. Somebody would have. Thank you, Lord, for your protection. What did you say? Did you say something? Okay. I, I do have to touch on this a little bit. I do so appreciate your response this morning when I opened it up. I, I really do. I, I'm sincere when I say that. Because about half of you in here Responded to the fact that, well, you're not supposed to eat in here. So I do appreciate that. I do listen myself sometimes. Like some of you, we do listen, right? Sometimes. God has not changed. Keep your lives free from the money, the love of money. And be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. 
consider the outcome of their way of life. Remember our leaders? Remember your elders? Remember the one that brought you to church? Imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. But we live in a time where everybody keeps trying to change him. The world wants us to change to their ways. How many like to have money? Anybody like money? It's good to have, isn't it? I think it's our love of money that sends us astray. How many of you are satisfied this morning? Satisfied just how life is right now for you? Anybody? Me too. Are you satisfied with your relationship with Jesus Christ this morning? Or is there more of you that you can give to him? The Lord is my helper. Have you talked to him this day? Have you talked to him this week? Often when you're driving down the, down the road and you, you'll see somebody singing and their hands will be moving and uh, I believe some of them are singing praises to God. And then there's that other sound, that thump and bump that you hear. I'm not sure what that's all about. The Lord is my helper. I will have no fear. Are you afraid of anything this morning? Some people are afraid of death. Some people are afraid of sickness. I talked to my cousin's boy this weekend, and uh, he just got over his third bout with COVID. Been pretty sick all three times. Not hospital-worthy sickness. And he says, you know what? Pastor, he said, when it's my time, I'm ready. That's, just, that's reassuring that no matter what our lot is, no matter what comes our way, that it's well with our soul, and, and we have no fear. See, as, as everything is changing in this world, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then verse 9 goes on to say, do not be attracted to strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace. God's got a great sense of humor. Not from rules about food. He hasn't changed. He loves you this morning just as much as he did last night. And he'll love you tomorrow just as much as he does today. This hasn't changed. Even though it's been, uh, there's many different translations of it, it's still the same. It's God's word that inspired men to pen it. Sad part is we have people in our, even in our denomination that have strayed from this. They don't necessarily believe what's God's word anymore. I remember being in Carroll and getting ready to do a funeral and a pastor called me like five minutes before the funeral was going to start and wanted to talk about building a mega church. Getting all these little churches in the area to shut their doors and have one big church. And he would lead it. He didn't believe in the virgin birth. He didn't believe in the resurrection of Christ. So who are you going to lead? 
You're going to continue to confuse people who don't understand God's word? And you think that you would be the best one? God will prepare you for what he has for you to do. He will equip you when you need, he will give you the words when you need the words. It's genuine. It's life-changing. It will set you free. It will teach a man how to treat his spouse. Teach about money. Teach about whatever you need to know in life. It's right here in God's word. It hasn't changed. We try to change it. The authority of the scripture is sound doctrine. I often hear people say, well, Pastor, we need to have a revival. You know, get a good preacher and invite him to the church and let's have a revival. I've never really agreed with that. There are some great preachers, no doubt about it. But what if we were to invite the reviver? What if we were to invite Jesus into our heart, into our life? our own agenda aside for a little bit and follow his direction in our life. Amazing things would happen. The little note that uh, Karen read this morning from the woman who was given the cancer blanket spoke of the power of prayer. The blanket's a good thing. Wrap it around you. Warm yourself up. But the power of the prayer that goes into it is what's important. Your prayer is what's important. I remember calling on a woman in a Sutton Sunshine Church and asked her to pray one morning. She said, no. I don't know how to pray. I said, yes, you do. You're always talking anyways. Just talk to the Father. And it's that simple. We just have to talk to him. Mine talks in her sleep. Wakes up singing and whistling. Goes to bed singing and whistling. Always has something going on in her brain. Spends a lot of time in prayer. I know she prays for me a lot. She was praying for me all those years when I was out in the world doing my own thing. And she told me one time, many years later, God told me that you'd be pastor one day. I said, no. I wish you would have told me. It just happened one day. At Simpson Park Camp, when I got my call to ministry, and I've shared this about uh, missionary Paul Law. On missionary night, was speaking about who wants to go into full-time ministry. Next thing you know, I'm at the altar. Wasn't my idea. Met a woman, Karen McComb was her name. As I'm at the altar, I felt these hands on my shoulder. Make a long story short, uh, Karen McComb pretty much paid my whole way through school. Because at that church meeting that night, God spoke to me, but God spoke to her. And she was able to bless me that way. And all these years later, I will always be thankful that she listened to God that night. We need powerful preaching. We need people that aren't afraid to say God's truth. Because God's truth hasn't changed and it will still change us. And then there's some personal purging that we need to do in our life. We, we as individuals need to make some changes on our behalf. To make us uh, better citizens, better Christians. Better servants. He's got a plan for you this morning. 
from the youngest here to the oldest, God has a plan for you. I remind you what his word said. I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. You ever feel like you have failed? You know, it took me years and years and years to understand why the situation in my family when I was growing up was so different than other kids. Almost every Friday night when I was growing up, the police came to our house. When we had little family reunions, the police would come to our house. When we had birthday parties, the police would come to our house. We even had the police come to our house on Christmas Eve. Mom and dad would start drinking. Mom and dad would start fighting. And I'm not talking about arguing, bickering back and forth. I'm talking about right here. Either mom would beat up dad or dad would beat up mom. And then the police would come. Many years later, I met Dr. and Kay Muir in Croswell. My life was a little bit shady. Longer hair, bandana, Harley shirts. Had a bad attitude on life. So my first glimpse of Jesus was through the Muir family because they loved unconditionally. Didn't matter what you look like. Didn't matter what baggage you brought with them. God had instilled it into their hearts that they were to love everybody and not criticize or condemn, but to love everybody. And it worked. Unconditional love. God's searching you this morning. Part of us needs to be cleansed. There's some in here that are struggling with their own demons. Got word Friday night that a friend of ours had committed suicide. I don't know if you've ever had anybody close to you that has committed suicide. My brother-in-law, he jumped off the Blue Water Bridge and committed suicide. My other brother-in-law hung himself in prison. He committed suicide. Good friend of mine, Jim Anderson. Jim Anderson used to be the chief of police in Lexington. One day he put a bullet in his head and committed suicide. And just found out Dan Sanders has committed suicide. And I've often wondered how desperate, how desperate must they be that the only solution you have is to end it all. I was talking to a young man who's home from college. Ryan and his girlfriend just recently broke up. He's 19 years old. He wanted to commit suicide. He thought things were that bad without his girlfriend that he'd rather not go on. We, we believers, can help the world if we get out of our comfort zone. There's people in your family, there's people in my family that don't know Jesus Christ yet. And it's not so much forcing the gospel on them, it's loving them right where they're at and being there for them, not failing them, 
not abandoning them, but being there for them. God's word hasn't changed. He's given you all authority in his name. Let's utilize it. When they're sick, we should bring them forward. We should lay hands on them and let God heal them. But believe in our heart that God will answer our prayer. His word hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But while you still have breath, shouldn't you choose who you're going to follow? How many of you are happy with the price of gasoline? <laughs> Not a hand went up. So none of you are happy. Well, how many of you are grateful that you have an automobile to put $4 gasoline in? It's all in our perspective on things, isn't it? I always get a charge out of seeing, like a, and, and I'm just assuming in my mind, when I see a, maybe somebody in their 40s with a backpack on, peddling their bicycle somewhere, I always wonder, do you have that many drunk driving tickets that you don't have? A license? Johnny Robinson was a friend of mine and Carol. I think John had like five or six drunk driving tickets to where he got sent to the penitentiary for two years for drunk driving. Got out of the penitentiary, started coming to church. He got pulled over on his John Deere lawnmower for drunk driving. A short time later, Johnny died. Never got to the point where sobriety was in his life. So what's this have to do? You know, Johnny's drunk driving, these people who committed suicide, Part of me felt responsible because maybe I could have done more. You know, my brother-in-law, Pat, he used to call me uh, from the penitentiary every Friday night. If you've ever gotten called from the penitentiary, they call collect, and it's like $6 a minute. It's very expensive. And I think it was my, like our second phone bill we got that I decided, well, man, I got to quit taking them calls. So I did. I quit taking Pat's calls. And then he killed himself. And part of me, I shouldn't have done that. I was loving money. It's not that I was loving it. There wasn't much of it. And when you're spending five and $600 on a phone bill, that takes up a lot of grocery money. But I learned something. I have to do better. I have to be more open for people. I need to be more available for people. I need to do my part. They have to choose. All those people chose for themselves. And I have to choose for myself. I choose to continue to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I choose to be a servant for him. That we can make a difference one life at a time. God's word hasn't changed. God's word won't change. And God's word is a solid rock that we can stand upon.
If you'd be in an attitude of prayer as we prepare for the body and the blood of Christ this morning. Savior, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on each one who is gathered here on these gifts of bread and juice. Father, make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ. We are redeemed by your blood. Father, by your Spirit, make us one with Christ. One with each other. One in ministry to all the world. Until you come in final victory. May all honor and glory be yours, Almighty Father. Now and forever. Amen. Harper, would you help me this morning? A little bit of this. There's your gloves. They're a little big on you, but to have such a problem. Invited. You need to spend time talking. Please do. Come as you.
anyone who needs elements brought to them. I do believe that uh, Clarence Shane House was the oldest person I've ever served communion with. I believe you may have been the youngest one I've ever served communion with. Thank you for that privilege. What are we singing, Elizabeth? Forward through the ages, church, if you're able to stand as we sing. See, I, I understand why Harper is having a hard time getting the cup in his pocket. Because when I was a kid like that, there'd always be a frog or two in my pocket. <laughs> Father, thank you for the freedom we have.
our freedom that is in you. Thank you for the privilege to be in your house this day. Thank you that the table is set before us and you include everybody. Thank you that your word hasn't changed. Help us to be the best example of Jesus that we can be to the world. God bless you, church, and may God continue to bless America. Amen.